right, welcome to our second quarter update for the retail segment. We are goal here is to provide as much information as we can on what we're seeing in the market and how it applies to the investments we're making and operating our retail assets. So let's kick things off first with just a little bit of a market overview of, of what we're seeing. I mean, rates is always one we're always talking about rates. That's kind of like a... It's kind of boring. Yeah. I know. It does get boring. <laughs> like, they're going up. <laughs> they're going it up. It creates and- uncertainty. It means there's less deal volume, I think. Right. We get that, right? We can't buy stuff. Rates are going up. Prices are not adjusting. Yeah. And- yeah, I think pricing is interesting, though. Pricing is a, is a conversation where the, the, it hasn't really changed. Like, we're still seeing stable cap rates. Deals are not being sold for 8, 9, 10 caps because now the market is tighter or something. They're sticking to their sticking their cap rates. We're selling a deal right now that's at a six cap. Right. Well, and theoretically, then, if, if, uh, if cap rates or interest rates are going up, in theory, cap rates should follow yeah. it. In theory, we just haven't seen that yet. It's not happening. And it, it may happen all at once, and that's what one of the conversations yeah. we're having in, inside. Yeah, when it happens all at once, what do you do? Yeah, I think, I think a part of what maybe what the Fed was trying to accomplish, what the markets were trying to accomplish from a macro level was a deleveraging effect, and that's more of what we're seeing is if the cap rates are holding and, you know, and, and debt being so expensive that, uh, you know, people are just getting less debt and still closing on deals. Right. Yeah. We look at uh, overall loans. I mean, loan delinquency in the retail segment, and that's all retail segment. We're, we're specifically invested in dollar stores and fast casual restaurants that have uh, a takeout option. So we've got a narrower segment, but all retail, uh, loan delinquencies are under 1%. And it hasn't changed over the last few years. It's pretty much, I mean, it is a tiny little tick up, but for the most part, it's staying the yeah. same. So banks are not taking back anything. Loans are not coming due. And not, well, I'm assuming if the loan's coming due, the price has increased to a certain point where the refinance would actually be easier too because the value's increased. Yeah. So all that put together really just kind of tightens the retail market where there's just less volume, less volume of transactions. You don't have loan payoffs, so you don't really have right. loan... Uh, renewals, there's not loan delinquencies, so there's no real opportunity happening there. Cap rates are still holding, so we're not seeing a ton of opportunity to just go buy stuff and get a deal. So it basically means lower volume across the board of transactions. Uh, well, from, for a, we're from a Greenleaf perspective, though, this is good for us because it's good for the stuff we own. It's not good for the stuff we want to buy. So yeah. mixed. Yeah. So one Mixed thing, blessing. let's talk a little bit too about when we're looking at how are we going to buy a deal, what information we're using. And obviously we're looking at the financials. I, we're always talking about that part, but really where we dig in is uh, we've been using this placer information. This is looking at foot traffic and how is a store performing. So kind of look at this chart here shows a couple different restaurant locations. Uh, we're looking at one specific area in South like, Carolina. This is actually a very limited area too, probably literally like a one mile yeah, well, I mean, if we look at our chart here, so we've got local is within 50 miles. Right. So we're looking at an area of mo- most of the time we look at an operator, they have a couple restaurants in a location, especially if they're a franchisee, they're going to get their territory, they're going to operate a couple locations. So you've got, okay, we've got a couple locations all within a 50-mile area. Then we look at the state as a whole, and then we can look at things nationally. Right, and then this is also doing a comparison of all the restaurants in this one local geographic area. So it's actually comparing how is how are these four restaurants or these six restaurants doing compared to each yeah. other inside this little and similar brands. We've got Chili's on here, Logan's, Roadhouse, Outback, IHOP, Buffalo Wild Wings. So these are a couple locations 
all within this one area. And the far right one shows us within that tight knit area, possibly similar operators, how does one store stack up? And here we can see the stores all closest together right here are all the top performers within 50 miles. And even within the state, this is a top, these are top performing locations within the state and top performing nationally. Yeah, and if you look at the second one, the second one in red where it says it's fourth out of five, even though it's a low, it's, it's a performing low compared to five restaurants, those five restaurants are top performing restaurants. And in the state, it's performing in the top 33rd percentile of all other businesses. Yeah, yeah. Similar hotels, what, you know, what we've seen with restaurants as well is that you know, there's these kind of like uh, mega centers where the more restaurants, the better they all do together versus the ones that are out on a satellite by themselves. So um, it's, it, it's good to see this kind of uh, epicenter of, you know, basically most of the big brands in the country all do performing well in this area. And if one is not doing well in the area, it could be looked at as, is that a management issue or is that, you know, what's, what, there's a problem there because if 10 of them are doing great and one of them's doing not so great, you know, what's the problem that needs to be fixed? Yeah. But if 10 of them are doing bad. Those are the area doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that means, doesn't work. that means the whole area is bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole area is not yeah. working. And here you can see that this is a good area. So when we look at our investment options, we're seeing, okay, this localized area is good. And these stores are performing within the state and within the national footprint. Yeah. And I think we try to always target the top 30, the top third percentile of any business we try to buy, but type of, we try to buy, if I can get my language right, <laughs> uh, Dollar Generals, uh, any of our restaurants or fast food, anything, we always try to make sure we're buying in that top percentile. Yeah. And we would run this same scenario, we could do this for, for a Dollar General, look at how is it performing within its, within its 50 mile location, or how is it performing within the state. Yeah. But we use this information uh, pretty reliably, I would say, we use this information consistently to assess how these locations are performing, not only the ones that we invest in, but the other assets that are in that immediate area. Yep. Okay, next subject we definitely wanna spend some time on here is takeout and how that's impacted uh, not only the markets as a whole, but our investment decisions. Well, it's really not even takeout, it's COVID. Like, what did COVID do to, to What did it change? Yeah, yeah, what did it change? And something pretty significant. So uh, takeout is, um, Going bonkers, I guess, is the easiest thing to say. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a good, that's a yeah, good uh, yeah, definition yeah. right there or, or, or bonkers. assessment. But yeah, is it a measurement? Yeah. A we looked, you know, some of this, when we look at the market as a whole is how that's performing. There's some very big players in the, in the food delivery space. I mean, you look at DoorDash and Uber Eats, and Uber Eats, is their information's coming out really in the beginning of August here, but they're estimating $30, $34 billion in Takeout food delivery. We really messed that one up. We didn't start, you know, we should have started. That's an insane number. Food delivery business instead of real estate. That's in a quarter. $34 billion in a quarter. Well, and, and, that's, and that's in relation to the, the restaurant industry is set up to do a, just under a trillion dollars in gross sales this year. So Uber Eats is doing five, over. Roughly 5%. Well, in a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're doing $34 billion in a quarter. Right? So you say that they're going to do $120, $130 million. Yeah in revenue on, on food delivery. That's gross bookings. So that means like how much are people spending on the platform uh, that they're buying from restaurants? So investment wise, we're really looking at that as like, that's here to stay. That's clearly a market that's, uh, that's performing well. There's some surveys, we saw a survey where 50% of, 57% of people would prefer to just do takeout versus eating at a restaurant. 
And you have a friend you were talking about that eats out five days a week. <laughs> is, no, he does. He does Uber Eats. Uber Eats five days. Five a days a week. Yeah, that's um, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's here to stay. And and when um, we look at an investment decision, we're looking at especially on the the fast casual type locations that they've got to have this takeout option in place. Um, and the good news is all of our we have we have a restaurant bar in, on in downtown Atlanta, but all the rest of our restaurants have a have a takeout footprint. They have. In fact, a couple of our restaurants have told me that 30, 30 to 35% of their revenue, they call it walks out the side door. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, and, you, and you look at even traditional chains that have moved, like Buffalo Wild Wings that we had on here, they've moved to, they have a pretty robust takeout uh, you know, piece of their business now, both through their own version of it and through using the, the different apps that are able to do takeout right. delivery. So. And one of your new favorite restaurants, Lazy Dog, even has the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a local Atlanta chain, but yes, that's a good one. Yeah, and they've got a lot of that. They've got a ghost kitchen, so they actually have just a, a delivery It was purpose-built to yeah. have the front, kind of front of the house, back of the house delivery options that are going out there. So if you go on Google Maps, you'll see the little ghost kitchen there, but there's, there's no branding, nothing. It's just a delivery business. Yeah. So that's very much relevant in how we underwrite and look at a deal it, it's here to stay in the market and, and any location has got to have a way to be able to do this takeout option if it can be purpose built like a lazy dog concept that's here in atlanta i think they, they have maybe 10 of those 11 of those around around town it's, here but, uh, lazy dogs yeah i think there's only a handful but but it's a it's a it's a pretty small brand but it's a very focused it's a california brand and i think it's still family owned but they do phenomenal wherever they go they have a location at perimeter they have a location over here yeah, with not, their twenty-five thousand square foot footprint, a very <laughs> large footprint. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as far as build out, we we that's we, a, that's we, incredible we all, build it's out. It's a robust build out. Yeah. We look at it, and say, how could we do this build out? <laughs> it's yeah. a very expensive build. But out. they're performing well, and and they're very much doing a huge part of their business on the on the takeout side. Yeah, and that that planned for takeout and delivery apps. So, so. if you're in Atlanta, try Lazy Dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yes. We tried to buy some, we didn't get any, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking at them. So another topic we want to go through is just our current. Uh, portfolio performance, right? So, I mean, we're, we're very much investing for current cash flow. All of our deals are uh, making distributions this quarter. So, everything we have is on track. We have uh, two deals that we're working through right now. We're working on lease renewals. We're looking, working on debt that does come due that we're um, refinancing. But right now, everything's performing well. We're making all of our distributions. Right. And then we have one that we're working on a lease renewal with. Right, we so, have two for lease renewal right now, but then we have um, uh, one of our properties, our IHOP in Spring, Texas. Our business plan was basically to hold it for one year because we did the lease extension. So as soon as we go from the uh, the uh, the lower tax lower tax or the capital gains rate, lower right, capital. So that's once you hold something for twelve right for twelve months and you, you trigger so long term capital gains. Q three Q four, we're going to be listing our IHOP in Spring, Texas, and then also um, our uh, Applebee's Clean uh, this month, uh, July. Um, July 2023, we're getting our, our rent bump. And so we've been a little bit, um, we were paying about a 5% cash on cash return right now. But as soon as we get the rent bump, we'll be making up perhaps soon on that one. And that's a great yeah. investment. And that hits, that's right in line with what our business plan was. Uh, yeah, for exactly. That on budget, exactly. Everything we predicted. One part, when we, we were first talking about the market and we said, you know, there's not a lot of loan delinquencies across the board in retail and there's not really a buying opportunity because of that. We have, we have two loans that are coming up that, I mean, in 2024. So we have some time here, but I think one of the reasons there's not really delinquencies too is just a lower loan to value ratio. So our two that are coming up with 51% and 58% loan to values on these assets. One of those is an asset we're selling, which is Dollar General. 
that we're selling at around a six cap. Yep. But also our loan to value is pretty low and that's also kind of what's in the market. So there's not a huge amount of opportunity coming from a distressed debt standpoint that's there. But one of those, we will look to refinance that as we come into 2024. That's on the, on the blocks there, but we still have quite a, quite a bit of time there. And we have, over, we have about a year there before that comes up because yep. it's later half of 2024. And we'll get a lease renewal, lease, either we'll get a lease bump or we'll get a lease extension out of it. So in theory, then the loan to value would actually be less because the property be, would, would be worth more too. Yeah. And that's our, we, we assess loan to value on our internal valuation of what stuff is worth, which is typically what we're paying for things, um, is kind of where we're at. Yeah. But, okay, so you want to touch base on some lease extensions? So, I mean, that's a, that's a process that's very much, that segment of the business hasn't changed really. I mean, everyone is still working on lease extensions, lease negotiations. Those don't really slow down, even though volume of transactions may slow down. Yeah, the lease extensions, we're working on three lease extensions right now, uh, two Applebee's, uh, one in Sumter, South Carolina, one in Seneca, South Carolina. Some of them go better than others, so we're still working on those two. And um, the big one we uh, already got approved is the Dollar General in Charleston. They're going to move us to a from a roughly two-plus-year uh, lease to a 10-year lease. And so that's going to enable us to trade that one. Yep. High fives, low sixes. We have a, uh, a low I on that one right now, just, uh, just below six. And so... We'll see what happens with that, but we expect that one to sell for around a six cap plus or minus a little bit. In, in, ter in terms of value creation, you know, these lease extensions are really one of the biggest levers that we can control or, or help or help um, encourage control um, in our negotiations. We can only push rent so high, but in terms of when we create more term, we can create a ton of value, yeah, a yeah. two-year lease versus yeah. a 10-year lease. And that's why we want to see good placer data so we want to know a brand is committed to a location or they're performing well there so we can buy a shorter lease and then and does translate to saying now we can have a longer lease there and, and there's an argument that does a longer lease cost dollar general cost applebee's more money maybe on their books and some accounting method yeah. but um it doesn't cost them anything if they, if they if we give them a little bit of a rent discount and they give us a longer lease it works for both of yeah. us and it's you know it's always a win-win situation so these when you you know, give somebody a small discount in rent and that increases the property value and all they're doing is giving you a longer lease. I mean, it works for everybody. It's a good, yeah. It's a, it's win a good win position. For everybody, yeah. And so it's not just, it's not a one-sided yeah. deal. Yeah. The only and, other thing we really have to go through is, you know, we have one bar restaurant that's an individual operator in Atlanta that we're, we're considering taking out yep. and looking at that one. We so. have that listed right now. We've had some activity on it. And so it's just, our sales cycle, yeah. it's just time to it's, sell it. It's one of our, it's a great location. I mean, Edgewood Avenue in Atlanta, we've, we've owned stuff on for a long time now, like 15 yes. years. Yeah, 15 years. We've had deals up and down that road. So we, we love that part of town. It's always exciting but seeing the, stuff going on there. That'll be a great but, deal. I mean, we bought it for about $2 million and we're going to sell it for hopefully mid to high twos. And so that'll be a, that'll be a pretty yeah. good return. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, that's our recap for the retail segment for the second quarter. Uh, we feel very confident in how things are performing. We're excited that we're making uh, distributions across all the assets here. So those all go out on the 20th, along with this video if you're watching this one. Yes. And then we have our live Q&A scheduled from about a week and a half from now. So that's going to be on Monday the 31st. And we're doing it on Monday because next week we have our Camp Greenleaf. Josh is rocking the Camp Greenleaf shirt right now. But we're doing a free summer camp for 
God, how many kids are we going to have this year? Well, that's 60, 70 uh, campers from Park Hill and the re- and the surrounding uh, mobile home properties to come out to Park Hill and um, enjoy a week a week long of free summer camp. Yeah, and we will all be camp counselors. <laughs> yeah, we'll be camp counselors. And we transition week. next week into camp counselors. So we're going to be yes. patient. You know, we're going to be all, all these things that <laughs> camp counselors somehow are able to do. Less grouchy with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the outdoor forecast looks like it's going to be like a, a, a balmy, maybe 72 degrees. Really? So, yeah, if you want to come out and volunteer or with 95. Us. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, so we're <laughs> still need volunteers, so please feel free to come out. I'll be yeah. there. I'll be there all day, Tuesday. But no, uh, but our, our Camp Greenleaf, it's something really exciting that we do here across the organization. And, and we've got a lot of our team members that will be out there trying to provide a good experience for, for a lot of our residents right before they are going back to school. For the year. So it's our kind of end of summer recap. So that's next week. And then on Monday, we'll have uh, our live Q&A. Answer any specific questions you have on deals. We always love talking about that and going through, you know, more detailed in the weeds kind of stuff. And we'll also have our quarterly reports. You can go through everything we have on those uh, and look for distributions. So thanks for watching, everyone. Appreciate your time. Bye. For more tips on operating and investing in real estate, please check us out at greenleafmanagement.com or find us on YouTube and Spotify.